There were so many times where people would make comments about like, oh, this little business that you're doing or this little thing. And at first I was like, yeah, yep, that's what it is. And then after a while it was like, actually, no, that's not what I do. I have built something that serves a lot of people and I worked really hard at this and I'm going to let you know that. I'm not going to walk away allowing you to think that I'm playing small. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hey listeners, this month of amazing interviews about the history of women continues with my squad. So we don't have a formal name. Sometimes we call ourselves the Midwest Babes. Sometimes we call ourselves like the mastermind of badass business women. We don't have a formal title. But what this is, is myself and six fantastically talented, smart, insightful, and kick-ass business owners. And we just have a Voxer group chat that we kind of kicked off at the beginning of 2022. And since then, we've used that as our like cane, if you will that support that we need as we're walking on this path of business ownership and life. And this group is our sounding board. And so truthfully, in the days where I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to give this all up and get a real job. Uh, or on the days where I'm like, I can't believe I just closed the biggest contract ever. Like these women are the people that I go to because we are in similar stages of business, even though we are in various different industries. Um, but we all are in those teenage years where we're established, but we're still figuring it out along the way. And as I sit down in today's episode, you will hear that at the beginning, we're quite formal, but then we get into comfortable, like bouncing questions off of each other, sharing advice, and really just having each other's back that we're not doing this thing called business alone. And my friends that you'll hear on the episode are Lindsay Trotter of Chilled Freezer Meals, Sheila Hansen of Sheila Hansen CPA, Erica Hermsen of Sweat Inspire Sisterhood, Marissa Hoffman of The Midwest Girl, Maddie Pashong of Maddie Pashong, Personal Brand Photography and the Take It Personally podcast, and Michelle Myers of Dirt Road Candle Co. Like these women, you know their brands, you know what they do, you love them. And today you're going to get to hear what it sounds like when we all get together and talk about life and business. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to all my gal pals in this episode of The Found Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. 
I wish we had a like proper title, but we're all just like badass Midwest business babes. So that's what we'll call ourselves for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to just let you guys go around and introduce yourselves. I'll kind of like, I'll just like call you out in the order that you're appearing on my computer. So you can talk about like who you are and what your business is. And then we'll just go from there. Sound good? Awesome. Great. All right, Lin- Lindsay, you're up first on my list. So <laughs> we'll send it over to you. All right. So I'm Lindsay Trotter. I own Chilled Freezer Meals and we're based in Center Point, Iowa. We're coming up on our fifth birthday. So mm-hmm. that means that I've been in entrepreneurship for five years. I think I officially started my business in April, but I was definitely doing the work in February. So I, I can say like I've hit my five years of un- being an entrepreneur. Um, and we sell freezer meals to people across the country. So that's what I do. All right, Maddie, go ahead. Hi, my name is Maddie. I am a brand photographer based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota which means that I take photos for other business owners to use in their marketing, social media, website, all that good stuff. Um, I'm also a coach for photographers who want to start moving into brand photography. And I own a studio called White Space Studio that we rent out to photographers in Sioux Falls. And I have a podcast called Take It Personally. Marissa. Hi, I'm Marissa Hoffman, and I am the co-owner of The Midwest Girl with my sister Mara. And we are based in Dubuque, Iowa, and we have a retail store, an online shop, and we also wholesale. And we are approaching our eighth birthday in April. Michelle. I am Michelle Myers, and I own Dirt Road Candle Co. Um, So basically, we make candles and anything that smells good. Um, We're located in Lewis, Iowa, which is literally in the middle of nowhere. And um, I like to showcase our farm too. So, Erica. I'm Erica. I am the owner and founder of Sweat Inspire Sisterhood. And it is an online uh, workout and nutrition program. But we are excited to be opening our first brick and mortar fitness studio, studio at the end of this year. And last but not least, Sheila. I am Sheila Hansen. I'm a CPA based out of uh, the Omaha, Nebraska area, and I support creative business, female business owners in understanding their numbers and making confident financial decisions. And I just realized while we were talking that I have had my seventh anniversary. I think it was either this week or last week. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, so now for the listeners, like this is probably the most organized and um, in order this whole episode will be. I hope for I hope the rest of the episode is just like a mishmash of our conversations as it usually is. Um, But thank you guys so much for being here. Like I kind of talked about before we hit record, you guys are my circle of of people. And I think that as a society, people tell us like women are always in competition with one another. But this circle in particular just demonstrates to me that magic happens when women are able to collaborate and bounce ideas off of one another and get feedback, whether it's the happy things or the hard things. Like having you guys has been such a gift to me personally. And like just hearing where you guys are at, it just makes me feel better that like sometimes I don't have it all figured out. But when I can bring my problems to you guys, I know that I'll get some good feedback. 
But I hope the listeners take that away from today's conversation too. So let's dig in. And I'm not going to go through and make you each take turns. But if anybody wants to kick it off, why did you decide to be a business owner? Well, mostly because I didn't want anybody else to tell me what to do. Agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big piece of it. Yeah, I was a teacher prior to um, starting my own business. And I had a really hard time with having to do things within a box and having somebody tell me what to do. So entrepreneurship was a good fit for me. I, when I left teaching, I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do. Um, freezer meals just kind of fell in my lap. But once I got started with that, I was like, there is no way that I can ever go back to the corporate world, to education, to anything like that. Because having this life, there's a lot of stresses that come with it. But oh my gosh, the benefits outweigh it so much. Yeah, mine is very similar. (laughs) And the accounting industry is very corporate. There are certain ways that the industry runs and how they do things. And I wanted to be able to do that on my own terms, but I, I still enjoyed the topic, right? Like I still, the accounting part of it, I liked, but not everything else that came with it. Mine was kind of a backup plan. I, um, I was like getting ready to graduate and just really terrified that I wasn't going to be able to find a job. And so I started doing photography to just have something that I could be doing to make a little bit of money, which in retrospect, like I was making no money, but (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And that just kind of grew as a side hustle for a pretty long time. I worked for about seven years and I, I always really liked my jobs, but I didn't love having a job. Like I wanted to make my own hours. I wanted to like not have to be somewhere by 8am because it's just simply impossible for me. So mine was a backup plan, but it's evolved. Growing up in a small business home, my dad has owned his business. He's always worked for small business and then um, purchased a family business. And so he never missed a softball game. You know, he worked, he would have maybe gone to work at 3am that morning. Um, but he never missed any of our sporting events. And so I think just having that growing up, just seeing like, gosh, I could craft a lifestyle that could support my family, but not miss anything for my kids was something that just gave me like so much motivation. And I think too, just like getting out what you put in, you know, so like bartending growing up um, or not growing up, like it sounds like I've been working since I was a kindergartner, but <laughs> bartending in college, you know, like the harder you work, the more tips you made. And so I just loved that mindset. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with small business too. For me, I got a minor in entrepreneurship in college. And so I've always been attracted to owning my own business. And um, I never thought it was going to be candles or things that smell good, but here we are. And I'm so thankful for it. I'll go last. For me, um, it was something in the business world that was lacking, like something that I was craving that I couldn't find in any other like gym or fitness program. And that was community. So, you know, when you go to a gym, you walk in, you're just a number. And I didn't want that. So I wanted to create something that wasn't out there and really just build a community around my business. Mm. And I hope listeners take away from everybody's individual stories that like, there are so many different ways that you can get into creating a business. For some of us, we kind of always had that little idea 
we might've pursued it as a minor for others of us. It just kind of naturally came to be. And there's not just like one magic road you have to follow to become a business owner. And that would be like my piece of advice to people who are out there listening. Like it's not always going to be dramatically apparent that this is the path for you. But if you just like keep your mind open and like, just think about if this is something, if you keep getting the same messages or you keep seeing the same signs, like then maybe you should pursue that. Uh, For those of you guys on the call, do you have like a single piece of advice that if there's a woman listening, she's considering starting a business or maybe she's in the early phases of her business. Is there like a single piece of advice that you would give the woman on the other side of the speaker? I think something that I was desperately looking for when I was still working my full-time job, but like very curious about doing my own thing. I was waiting what you were talking about, Molly, with like kind of waiting for a sign or waiting for, like, I was waiting for that. And I was convinced like something's going to happen. So like, I know what the, what the right decision is to make. And it really never did. I just kind of got sick of my own shit and was like, well, this sounds good. So let's try this. And that's been so, that's been such a theme in my business is like, I wait for the right decision and then realize there's not a right decision. There's just like, what's the, what's a good next step? What, where am I feeling led to and go, go with that. Um, because there's, there's just not a right next decision. But I think the cool thing about people who have that entrepreneurial spirit is that we'll figure it out. Like we're too stubborn and we'll figure it out as we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think to follow that up, don't underestimate your power and the skills that you have or your ability to figure it out as you go. Like, don't underestimate yourself. You won't have all the answers, but you are completely capable of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I think, too, like thinking about the things that you actually enjoy, like if there was any business out there that you would do for free for zero dollars just because you enjoy doing it. Like those are the things that, you know, you'll naturally gravitate towards. So if you like baking, you know, maybe like starting a baking company or opening up like a small shop, or if you like making candles, you know, you, you just naturally gravitate towards the things that you enjoy doing. And then once you get to those teenage years of your business, you know, you can outsource those things like email and marketing, the things that you don't enjoy so much, but think about like, what would you do for free? If, you know, if you were being paid like nothing, but you were still forced to work? Like, what would you do for free? There's this Japanese concept called Ikigai. Have you guys heard of it? And it's like these intersecting circles. Um, But I come back to this and I talk about it with especially beginning business owners a lot because it's the intersection of these circles to make your life's purpose. So it's like something that you enjoy. So to Erica's point, like if you start a business, it should be something that you actually enjoy doing. Because if you don't, like it, you're not going to stick it out through the hard times because inevitably you're going to have them. Second, it needs to be something that the world needs because it can be something you love, but if other people don't necessarily need that thing, it's not going to be a successful business endeavor. And then third, it's got to be something that makes you money. And so like you can have all the passion for it and you could say, I would do this for free, but ultimately like we have to be realistic and you got to make some money at this business thing. And so the Ikigai is the intersection of what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can legitimately be paid for. And then when you have that intersection, that is a beautiful place to start your business journey from. So just wanted to bring that up when I heard Erica say that. 
And I, my sister, I remember Samara and I are 12 years apart. And so she already owned a business prior to us during the Midwest girl. She owned a bridal shop. And so I remember being so hesitant about, you know, we're meeting at the bank and she just said like, Riss, we have to do this before someone else does. And I think it's just like that, you know, pretty much just got to start. You have to start. Like, we don't know if it's going to work. We don't know if anyone's going to buy it, but we love the idea and it's an idea. So let's just start. And I had a woman in my shop a couple of weeks ago and she was sharing with me her business idea. And she's like, which she's already established, you know, and she's like, but the only people that buy from me are my friends and family. I'm like, bingo. Like, how do you think we started? You know? And it's like, you just have to have that, you know, that community of people that will keep you afloat until the world finds out how special and magical your idea is. So that is exactly where every entrepreneur starts is your friends and family being your best customers. Yeah. And I would piggyback on that and say that when you start your business, you can't be afraid to talk about it. You have to tell people what you're doing and you have to tell them over and over and over again to you. It's going to start sounding like, Oh my God, this is all that I talk about. But to the world, they're only hearing little bits and pieces of that, like, especially on social media. Uh, So you have to continue to talk about what you are doing and what you have to offer them. Otherwise people don't know Mm -hmm. and they can't buy what they don't know. I think to even piggyback off that, you have to just not care what other people think too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's going to be a lot of people that are like, oh, that's a bad idea. That's risky. That's, you know, whatever they think. Um, But that's probably just their insecurities projecting onto you. So. And that can be hard to like build up a thick enough skin to that. Cause I know, especially in the early days, I felt so vulnerable about that. And then people would always ask me, Lindsay, I don't know if you had this too, but like, People would always say, oh, so when are you going back to teaching? And it would be like three years after I'd started a business. I'm like, I I don't think I am. Like, <laughs> But it's like you have to get yeah, comfortable with some of those uncomfortable, unwarranted pieces of advice and questions too. Yeah. yeah I, were, a, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, there were so many times where people would make comments about like, oh, this little business that you're doing or this little thing and at first I was like yeah yep that's what it is and then after a while it was like actually no that's not what I do I have built something that serves a lot of people and I worked really hard at this and I'm going to let you know that Mm -hmm. I'm not going to walk away allowing you to think that I'm playing small that. Lindsay, that's going to be a sound bite. We're going to take that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're talking in our circle and we all have like a Voxer chat where we can just go to at any given day. And sometimes we will say, like, I know I've come to this circle and been like, oh my gosh, I'm just having a shit day. This is not working, blah, blah, blah. Does anybody have advice? And there's also times where people have come to the circle and been like, you guys, I hit this milestone that I never thought I was going to hit. So we have this circle that we can come to, whether we are celebrating or whether we are struggling. So I'm going to break this out into like three separate questions. But first of all, let's start with what is something that you are celebrating right now? What's something that feels like, I'm so excited that this has finally happened in my business? And if you want to take it personally, you can. 
not to riff on Maddie's podcast title, but um, if you want to take the personal bent to that, you can, or the business bent. I am getting ready right now to launch the second cohort of my group coaching program. It's called Rebrand. It's for photographers who want to move into brand photography. And my my business coach gave me um, the assignment, I guess, of, I mean, honestly, taking this a little bit more seriously than I have in the past. Like, I am notorious for just kind of like showing up and hoping that it works. And usually it, it does to an extent. And she was like, okay, you can have pretty good success by just like making it up as you go. What happens if you like put a really strategic plan together? And you know, what happens if we can kind of kick this up a notch as like a teenage business owner, as opposed to a baby business owner. And it's going so well. I have, um, I'm doing a mini course. And so that's what I'm trying to get people inside of right now. It's a free mini course that'll go into my bigger program. My goal is to get 250 people in this mini course, which is so many fucking people, (laughs) (laughs) but I have 50, I have 50. So I'm like, okay, we're on our way. (laughs) That's great. Other celebrations, anybody? I am actually celebrating saying no mm-hmm. and That's a good really one. honing in on who it is I want to work with and how I want to work with them. And for those that fit outside of that, learning and practicing saying no and that there is somebody else that's better fit for those. So that's that's what I'm celebrating. Can we take that for a second and just like tangent? So as a business owner, especially getting started, I feel like sometimes you can have this pressure to like say yes to everything or to build every single program or to like try everything once, which is fine. But at some point you reach what Sheila's talking about where you're like, I don't know if I necessarily can do all this. Do you guys have any examples of when that kicked in for your business where you were like, I have to start really honing in or narrowing down? Yeah, I think early on, it's a lot of experimenting and trying out different different types of clients, different offers, whatever that would be, may be. Um, but there becomes a point where you get stretched so thin doing that and you can't build those systems and processes that have to happen for you to excel to the next level. And so for me, um, tax season is always my constraint for the year, right? Like I have to do all of my planning based on what can I fit in during tax season. And that kind of limits sometimes what I can do the rest of the year, because I know I need that open space for when it becomes tax season. So it was, for me, it was having two kids um, and having a newborn and being a business owner and saying that, okay, maybe I won't be able to do as much. And it was having a baby in December, which is like the month before tax season starts off that I had to say, okay, that means I'm going to have to say no to something. I don't want that no to be time with the kids or my family. I need it to be some sort of client or customer. So I used to do taxes for individuals that didn't have a business, um, just kind of the typical family situation. And through the years, I have kind of cut back and limited year over year the classes of of people that I work with. And now I'm down to only business owners who I do other services throughout the year for. So it was kind of a progression and it happened over a multiple year period. There was a time that I, um, when I very first started my business, I had a client 
who was, she was like a trainer and she sold my meals to her clients. And at the time, I, I think I had been in business for about a year at the time. It was probably about 10% of my sales per month, which was kind of a big deal because I didn't have a lot of revenue at that time. And it was probably one of the most stressful situations I have ever been in, in my business, um, trying to navigate that situation because there was like special requests, communication was hard. There, there's just a lot of parts to it. And I remember coming to the point where I was like, I need to stop this. Like I need to cut it. And my husband was like, it's 10% of your sales. That's like so much money you're going to lose every month. And I was scared at the time to do that because obviously, but I knew that for my own sanity, I couldn't continue that relationship. And then after I did that, it was so mentally freeing for me. And then also it opened other doors and other avenues for me to make more money. So I quickly replaced what I had lost and I felt so much better about my business and about my life because I said no to that. And if I had held on to that because I was afraid that I was going to lose revenue, I don't, I don't think I would have grown in the way that I did. Yeah. Lindsay, that was definitely the same for letting go of tax returns. When I started, that was 100% of my income was from that. And so shifting away from that opened up the opportunity to earn the rest of the year. But yeah, it was scary to say no to that check during that time. Yeah, I would say a similar situation for me when I quit my job. Like, that was terrifying, because I was just, you know, doing my business as a side hustle. And um, yeah, I it was like an out of body experience when I quit my job. It's like, what am I actually <laughs> doing? Um, but best thing that ever happened. My business just bloomed. Something that I'm, I guess, celebrating and also like kind of letting go of. Um, so having like a an online business and Michelle, you'll be able, well, several of you will be able to relate to this. Um, Product-based business saw tremendous growth from, you know, 2020, 2021 or amazing years. Uh, thankfully, having a website established during COVID. But then I think just like got in that mindset, like, well, I'm going to continue to grow that much in 2022 and in 2023 and it didn't happen. So 2022 was just such a weird year, like just so hard to, and I talked to this with several of my retailers, like how hard we had to work in 2022, just everything changing with social media and all of that. And just continuing, like, I felt like last year I was just chasing like this dollar, like my gosh, we have to grow by this percentage because that's what I did last year. And if we don't, that means we're failing. And now I'm like in this, like, no, like I'm honestly like so content with where our sales are that it's just perfecting what we have and trying not to work so damn hard at making this percentage growth when in hindsight, it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, it matters obviously, but just like being so content with where we are currently and just stabilizing this because this is so sustainable and it's sustainable for me as a mom and as a business owner and the staff I have and just perfecting what we have and just a little bit of growth, even if this year, if it's a 1% growth, that's amazing and celebrating that. Mm-hmm. I think I that's think awesome that's such, because such, oh, <laughs> I was just going to say that's such an excellent point in 
I always think of the phrase like hold on to money with loose fists. Mm -hmm. And so coming to that point where you feel content with it will probably open the door for some organic growth instead of pushing so hard to get to that next level. Sometimes that is a stumbling block. I think that like, it's that feeling of enoughness. And I know that as like just a human that I am, I like, I am always trying to validate myself with external circumstances and like, oh, did this person like that? Oh, shoot, they didn't buy it. So that means that I'm not, I'm a failure or whatever. And that's just like something I struggle with personally, but like something I'm maturing into this year, I feel like finally, is that like, what is enough? Because I'll constantly be the person that's raising the bar continually, continually, continually. And then if I continue to do that, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to say no to something because I can't give 100% to my business, 100% to my family, 100% to my community, 100% to friends. Like at some point, I feel like that's a a sign of maturing as a business owner where you're like, okay, what is that line of enoughness? And how can I start to validate myself outside of these external like milestones and success markers that are kind like they're important. Don't get me wrong, but they are also arbitrary. Like we can set that bar. And so it's like, what is that sign of enoughness? And I'm just going to bring it back to like the circle of this community. Like last year, 2022, like so many of us were having like 2022 is just a weird year. Like my profits aren't where they used to be or whatever. And then we would just come back to this circle to like, get feedback. Whereas I feel like if I was by myself, it would be so isolating and feeling like I'm the only person going through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. When you mentioned, um, Marissa, that 2022 was weird for product-based, I I don't have a product-based business at all. And 2022 sucked. Like it was Mm. just, it felt like a constant uphill climb. And I think some of Mm. that was internal and some of it was external. But I was telling my um, my business coach the other day because right like lately I, I've just felt so good, and she said she's like it was like the pullback of an arrow was 2022, and now you're kind of taken off, and I'm like yeah that's how it feels, and now it's great, but last year I was like I'm gonna go get a job, <laughs> like, <this> sucks, <laughs> burn it to the ground, burn it all burn to it. the ground, burn it. Um, raise your hand if you've had that thought about your business in the last yes. twelve months, one hundred percent. I love the enoughness thing, Molly, because like, and I feel like I'm in that moment right now of like, I'll look around like in at material items, like, okay, what else would I want? Like for my house, like I, we have this beautiful, warm home and with a backyard for our kids. And I have a nice used vehicle, but it's a nice vehicle. And like, just like my kids are able to do dance. And it's like, you know, for me, like that is enough. And that's the thing what I think we, I remember we had this conversation in our Voxer group about like, following people that it's like, oh my gosh, like how do they continue to level up? But it's like, that's okay. That's for them. They, everybody, and it's so hard to compare on social media, but everyone has their own level of enoughness. And it doesn't mean that you're failing if you personally don't feel like you're at their level because they have different goals and aspirations and just trying to be so confident in what your own level of enoughness is. So like, I love that word and I'm going to like just ingrain that in myself every single day. Cause it is, there is so much freedom in that word. I feel like there's a candle that could say enough. I feel like there's a Midwest t-shirt that could say <laughs> we have enough. That. Michelle, we you have, have that. one? You have yeah, one. Yeah, we have that. We do. <laughs> I'm like, I have that here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like listeners should know. I'm pretty sure 
Aren't six of the seven of us Enneagram threes? No, that's not obvious. <laughs> so I don't even know what mine is. About consistently raising the bar, moving the benchmark, trying to go for the next goal. And it's like, well, I think that is a hallmark Enneagram three. Yeah, I'm the lone Enneagram four in the group, but I can wing, wing three. So, but I think there's also like, I think all of us would self-identify as probably high achievers where regardless of if we're an Enneagram three or not, it's like, we are driven people, we get ideas and we want them to be successful and we will work our asses off to make it happen. I think that's literally the definition of being an entrepreneur right there. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. High achiever. To piggyback off of all of you, when Molly asked the question, like, what are you celebrating right now? I just took a moment to like reflect, like my year or my word for this year is reflect, like reflect on how far I've come. Last year was all about grow, 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 get the numbers, get the members, all the things. And then, you know, at the end of 2022, when you feel like a failure, it's because you set those high bars on yourself. But like this year, I just want to like reflect, reflect on I'm coming into like, I don't know, year number nine in my business. And it's not so much about like grow, 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 make the money, make the profit. It's just about like, holy shit, like 10 years ago in 2014, I said, my lifelong dream is to like start a fitness studio. Like I want to open up my own studio. I want members to come in and, you know, be able to put a face with a name instead of just being like, hey, you're member number 874, whatever. And it's just like reflecting on that. Like 10 years ago, I set that. And today it's happening. So like, yes, we have these numbers that we're trying to hit. We have, you know, profits that we're trying to get, but like, think back to year number one, like you are so much more profitable and you know so much more about your business and your people than year number one. So I don't know. That's what I'm celebrating this year is just like reflection on how far I've come and making that lifelong dream become like real. Holy shit. It's like, it's real. It's becoming actually like it's happening. Cheers to that, Erica. Cheers to Erica. That's great. Um, Okay. One of the other questions I sent you guys as a prep, but I feel like we've kind of talked through this is a question of like, what has been a struggle recently? But I feel like we've kind of tackled that kind of through our piggybackings and such. So I'm going to move into another question. And I kind of cringe even asking this because I know that now there's like almost a backlash to this. But it's like, how do you, the question is, how do you balance personal life with work life? And I know that like in the media, there's a lot of articles I'm reading lately that are like, why are women even asked that question? And I'm like, I don't, I don't disagree because I know it is like unfairly putting the onus of like raising kids or cleaning the house or keeping things organized, like, like on the women. But I also feel like that's a big thing that I hear from a lot of early phase entrepreneurs and business owners is like, holy shit. I don't know how to balance my time. Things are taking over my life. What should I do? And it will feel really out of balance a lot of times. So even though I cringed at this question, I'm like, I feel like we need to talk about it. So what are some of the things that you guys do if you're feeling like you're really out of that like time alignment, if you found any ways to deal with it, or if you're still working through that, like, I'd just love to hear your feedback on how you make space for your personal side, not just business all the time. I just did a post about this on Valentine's Day because 
I feel like I thank my employees so much. I thank, you know, our, our parents, but like at the end of the day, it comes back to having a supportive partner from day one. And like, I can genuinely say, Kane, my husband from the first day that we decided we're going to do Midwest girl, he's been all in probably more than me, you know? And that was looked like early days of him having to work overtime, us living, you know, in a house that was, we loved our little home, but it was what we could afford at the time because this was my, my path. This was my dream. And he was all in and he wanted it just as bad for me as I did. And so it's just talking personal life. It's your small business dreams cannot be a reality unless you have a supportive partner and whatever that looks like, whether it's a spouse or, you know, a best friend, whoever it is, but you need somebody that is rooting for you and that is not going to let you quit on those really hard early years. And so on Valentine's Day, I just kind of gave a shout out to both him and Mara's husband, Eric, for being that for both of us. I think that's such a huge part of the equation. Like it's impossible to do it by yourself. Like I love, I think there's a quote, like you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Like you can't, you can't do everything. And so relationships are really incredibly important. Um, Another thing that I really lean into is like the seasonality of business. I'm okay with a little hustle. I'm not okay with hustle without an end date. Like that's when I get burnt out. If I'm hustling, like right now I'm, I'm, um, kind of hustling, but I know that on April 1st, like it will, I'll, it'll be done. Like that's kind of the end of that period of my business. And then we'll move on to the next thing. And I think that that, um, that really like helps me to have that, that end goal. And I think that's even something to look at in the beginning of business too, because there is a time and a place where you're going to have to work more hours than you want to forever there's a time and a place for that hustle, but it shouldn't last forever, you know? And I think that that's where the burnout comes in is when it lasts for too long. And I think piggybacking off that is, um, I know for me, it's my ego gets in the way that I'm the only one that can do certain tasks. And so it's accepting that we can ask for help in other areas that allows us and frees us time for those higher level activities or those strategic activities, those things that are like the higher revenue generating. If we can eliminate some of those needed, you know, whether it's admin tasks or uh, kind of those things that need to help keep the business running, you get to a point that you have to ask for help. So it goes along with the support that you're getting, but in a different way. So at the point that I was able to say, okay, there are certain parts that I know my business needs, but it doesn't have to be me that's doing them. And I brought on employees or contractors to do those things for me. That's when I felt like I finally had a little bit more of that, we'll call it balance, even though I don't believe in that, like Molly was saying, that whole balance thing. I think it is a flow and um, you're constantly having to adjust and shift. But that was the point where I felt a little bit more freedom in that was when I asked for help and brought people in to do certain tasks. And then I had to make sure that I was spending my time doing the other things with, with that created time. Mm-hmm. I think, too, yeah, I like think, have, oh, I think having non-negotiables or boundaries, whatever word you want to use is very important, especially when you are like just starting out or getting into those teenage years, because if you don't have those boundaries or those non-negotiables, 
and you say, okay, every single day I'm going to not start work until 9 a.m. and I'm going to be finished by four or whatever, you know, things are going to come up where somebody asks you to, you know, take on this new client at 6 p.m. on a Friday and you're like, no, that's, that's out of my boundaries. I'm not doing that. But having like certain things such as if you enjoy reading, but you can't find time at the end of your day because you're exhausted to read, maybe you put it at the beginning of your day and make that a non-negotiable where, you know, it's at 8 a.m. And if something comes up, nope, this is my non-negotiable. I'm reading for 30 minutes. That other work event can be moved. Or even like I had this conversation with my VA about um, like how to make time for like personal, like getting your hair done or God forbid, if you want to go get your nails done or something like that, how do you make time for that as a mom, as a busy business owner? I put it in my calendar as doctor's appointments. So (laughs) I'll say to my team, I got to go. I have a doctor's appointment. No questions asked. They never ask, oh my God, why are you going to that doctor's appointment? Same with my husband, Michael. He doesn't say, well, I know you're going to get your nails done, but I know you don't have a doctor's appointment. Like, it, Make it a non-negotiable and put it in your calendar, whatever, and set that as a boundary and stick to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, what do you ladies have in place of boundaries? Like, Do you start work at a certain time, finish at a certain time? How do you set your non-negotiables and your boundaries? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, kind of, go ahead, Lindsay. I'm probably not the best about having the boundaries, but I think that's also like one of the really amazing things about entrepreneurship is that I can choose mm-hmm. on a random Tuesday morning to just be like, bye, I'm going to go sleep or I'm going <laughs> to go walk around Target or I'm going to do whatever I want. And sometimes the trade-off means that, yes, I do work on a Sunday or I am answering to customers at 8 p.m., but I have that flexibility to kind of move that around. And I think maybe one of the downfalls of social media and like watching other people grow businesses is you think because they get to go on a random Tuesday and get a massage that their work less than you are so like if you're if you're starting out thinking about leaving a corporate job or like in any field where you have to be at that job during certain hours you might watch entrepreneurs and be like they have this wonderful life that they can just go and do whatever and if I want that life I have to work this hard to get it it's like no they are also working that hard to get it you just don't see it and it's just not in your frame of reference mm-hmm. I'm not great with the boundaries either. I'm getting better. That's something I want to do this year because to Erica's point, like I think I got, I did my hair twice all of last year and I just like didn't make a day to go do it. And so I don't have a word of the year for this year, but my intention for the year is to live and to like say yes to opportunities because I'm typically a no girl. And so like, a couple of weeks ago, Ryan was like, hey, we're going to go on this like gold key John Deere tour. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Like you get to go to the Waterloo Works and you get to see like your tractor come off the line. And so I was like, oh, it's March 1st. It's a Wednesday. That's like a busy day. I don't know if I can. And but then I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to go do it because we're never going to do this again. And so I went yesterday and it kind of like as far as setting boundaries, yeah, my team took care of a lot of things. I did work last night from like three until like six. But then 
I also like got a whole new perspective and I was talking to the people, like it was such a big day, not in just like going and doing this with him, but also like I got to interact with people and it gave me a whole new appreciation for like culture and brand because every person that I interacted with yesterday on the line, like reinforced, like they knew what they belonged to on a bigger level than just putting the wheel on the tractor. They were like, I am part of John Deere and my work today is going to make that tractor work in your field tomorrow. And it was so cool to see that from like just an entrepreneur's perspective and be like, how am I building this in? And if I hadn't had that intention, I would have said no, I wouldn't have gone yesterday. And not that it's like changed my life forever, but I'm like, I'm just thinking about things differently in the 24 hours since it's been, since then. (laughs) Yeah, for me, the boundaries have came came step by step. So like Erica, I have had to be really diligent about putting those appointments in my calendar. I signed up for a monthly massage subscription so that every month I book it. The next one is booked ahead of time. It's not when when I have time, these certain things will fit in. It's I'm making time for these or I'm putting them on my calendar. So I don't have great like start the day at this time end the day at this time boundaries, but I am like Lindsay putting in things that these are the choices of where I'm setting boundaries, what I want to be doing with my time and when I'm doing it. I just made a note, make hair appointment. <laughs> yes. I'm forgetting to do it. So you just, uh, I still haven't done it. And I've got dark, dark hair. And so like, you can see my grace and I'm like, it's been like this for a month. I'm like, I did text while I was on that tour yesterday, Ryan's sister is a hairstylist. And so I'm like, I need, I need an appointment. (laughs) I'm like, I'm making time for this. Um, Okay. Ladies, we are getting close to the end of time here. So is there anything else that you guys want to, I'm just going to like open up the floor. So you guys can ask a question of each other that you want us all to answer. You can talk about like why you joined this, why you like contribute to this group or what you think like about this group does for you as far as like business growth or anything like that. But I'm just going to open it up to whatever you guys want to talk about. You know, I thought about when we, oh, a couple questions back, but having this conversation with my sister, we were in the parking lot of her bridal shop and I think we were in year two. So we had a store in Dubuque and she was like, when are we ever going to make money? Like how long does it take? And I remember just like, we were both just kind of frustrated. You know, we probably had a really shitty day at the bridal shop because I still was working there. And I don't, I don't know, you know, like that's just kind of where it left off. But the next day we continued to show up. We continued to show up every single day since. And, you know, and I think it was, I don't know, probably by year five, honestly, it took until we actually started making money. So it's just like, it does it, nothing happens overnight. And it's just that consistency. Like I think the, the word that I use the most that describes the success of our business is consistency. We've always been consistent, whether it is always being open, the hours that we're saying we're going to be open, posting on social media and just being consistent. One of the reasons I've been so thankful to this group is because that we've mentioned a few times that like kind of teenage years of business ownership can be really trippy. And I think there's a lot of what we, we've talked a little bit about, like what worked for us really well in the beginning stage of business and the saying yes and 
um, you do kind of get to this point after, I don't know, five to 10 years, maybe where what got you here is not going to get you to the next stage. And it's really difficult, I think, because entrepreneurship can be so lonely to know like what that, okay, then what, like, (laughs) what do I do next? And so much of what we've talked about over the last couple of months has been like money mindset and investments into our own um, like knowledge and leadership. And how do you know what's a good investment and how much money is too much money? Is there such a thing as too much money to spend on your, you know, like all these conversations that like I couldn't have really anticipated having five years ago, but now they're a really big deal. And to have other women to lean on as we navigate these like very new waters. Oh my gosh, that's been invaluable. Yeah. And having other people who do understand. So it is nice to have a supportive partner, somebody who is dreaming the dream with you, but if they're not also working in the business, they really have no idea what the stressors are. And so you can vent to them. You can tell them all the things. And in my husband's case, we'll try to problem solve them and then have to be like, that doesn't work actually. <laughs> so it's so, it, it's just been so wonderful to have a group of women that I can share my struggles with and then who can give me some real tangible advice so then I can actually implement that. And then also somebody who just identifies with what I'm feeling. Yeah, I think entrepreneurship can feel so freeing in some ways, but also so alone in other ways. So just having a community, like you said, we can pop in the group for whatever the topic. Today was a hard day with a client situation. Today was a hard day money-wise. Today was an amazing day from this new offer that I'm creating, or I just had all these creative juices flowing and this is what I did today, or We could pop in for whatever and know that the other women in this group are going to be there and understand exactly what we're feeling or celebrating that day. Or if they haven't experienced that particular thing in their way, they'll celebrate or provide empathy for whatever it is we're going through. And I will say like, you can get these communities like through a paid mastermind or you can get them through joining a local organization, but like you can also just kind of, if you have a friend who's also in business, be like, Hey, let's start a Voxer chat. (laughs) Like we did. (laughs) We're just like, you know, there's nothing formal. We were even talking before we started recording. Maddie's like, we haven't been on a zoom in like six months. (laughs) We're like, Oh shit, we haven't. (laughs) And so it's like, you don't even have to have rules really. I mean, you have loose rules, but like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything formal to still be a very supportive and beneficial relationship. Well, ladies, I think I love that oh, about this one ahead, is that Sheila. we're all different industries. Like we're all completely different. I think there is some power in like masterminds that are your industry. Like I know I invest in CPA or accounting, very specific mastermind that I can have that community that they share in the same struggles that I'm experiencing from that perspective. But I think this community is really nice to just see all across the board what everyone is struggling with and have that different perspective that maybe your own industry isn't thinking about. I totally agree. Yeah. I think one thing for me too that I just want to mention before we pop off here, but this group has made me like sit down and and reflect and just be like, oh, 
that was a really great month. I wouldn't have even like looked at that and celebrated, you know, my success this month had we not like had this boxer chat going and forced me to like take a minute, breathe, blow the frick down and like just reflect on everything that's been going on. So that's a great positive thing that's come out of that for me. I'm glad you censored yourself there. Like, yeah, actually, thanks. I'm not. I wish you'd actually said that. <laughs> I'm not glad about it. It's bullshit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> what the fuck, Michelle? I'm so sorry. <laughs> this episode's going to get an explicit tag, but I think it's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Ladies, I am so appreciative yes, of your so time fun. this morning. <laughs> this is so fun to sit and chat with you guys. And honestly, I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you. Not just for the past hour, but for your friendship and all of the advice you've given me through the years. So we will link to everybody's, for listeners, everybody's name and business and recent offers are going to be listed in the show notes and on the website. So you can go follow all of these incredible ladies very, very easily. But again, just thank you guys. This was so much fun and we need to really schedule next month's Zoom meeting so we don't go six months again. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Molly. Thank you, Molly. Molly. Yeah, thanks. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.